You're listening to the People Over Profit podcast. Hi, I'm Justine Beauregard. Since 2008, I've been helping small businesses and entrepreneurs increase their income in ways that feel good to them. For decades, we've been led to believe that business is just a numbers game, but really, it's a relationships game. On this show, you'll learn what it takes to create more income without sacrificing your integrity or your joy to do it. With fresh takes on sales, marketing, and other growth-focused topics, you'll be able to lead your business or team to greater success by focusing on quality connections, not vanity metrics. If you believe in putting people first, you belong here. Now, let's spend some quality time together. There are certain topics that absolutely fascinate me, and sales psychology is definitely one of them. I have read dozens of books, hundreds of articles, listened to so many podcasts on this topic, and what I've learned is completely fascinating and so valuable as a business owner. When you hear me say, sales is so fun, that is not just the act of selling to someone. It's also topics like this that give so much more depth to the sales skills that we are working on building every day. Since this is an area that I've invested so many hours in learning, I thought that I could share some of the things that have stuck with me on this topic with you. And I think the main takeaway that I would love for you to have from this episode is perceived value is value. And creating it is not always as complex or difficult as we might be led to believe. For instance, It's possible to create value simply by creating meaning and connection to a product or service. This gives you freedom because you're not necessarily required to make what you sell any bigger or faster or even better. All you need to do better is to tap into the innate desires of your audience. In fact, sometimes perceived value is created when something is smaller or slower than the other alternatives. When I had my website redone in 2022, the agency I used, which is Quixotic out of California, they're amazing, go check them out, Meredith is great, leveraged a few psychological wins in how they worked with me. First and most importantly, they are a product of their product. When I saw their website, I fell in love with the features, the style, the layouts, All of those little subtle design choices really spoke to me. So did their messaging and their brand values about what a website should be. So of course I paid twice as much as all of the other agencies had quoted me. Of course I didn't bat an eye when they had me pay in full over 90 days before they even took a look at my website. Of course I was happy to invest additional funds into a copywriter, also amazing, Corey Myers, go check her out, to help me refine my messaging. Of course I had no issues sourcing all of the images that they used myself. From the outside looking in, and you're probably thinking right now, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You could have done a lot less and paid a lot less to go with someone else. But guess what? I wanted to go with the best. I chose them because the value in what I saw I was going to be getting and what I believed I was paying for. And I absolutely love my website. I still hear so many compliments about it from people. And I've completely changed it since we worked together. I've changed the copy. I've changed the layout and the pages. And guess what? I did all that by myself because 
They chose such an intuitive platform and they provided training on how to use it that was so easy that it took me mere minutes to make those changes, each one at a time. And they didn't even market the learning on the back end as part of their service. That was just something they did as a bonus. And that's just one example. I know that you have overpaid for so many things simply because of brand. I know that you've paid more for a cup of coffee at Starbucks just because they did something psychologically. Nobody in their right mind would pay $4 for a black coffee, not even at an airport. But you do because of the brand, because of the community, because you're used to it, because you love it. There's something about that that is worth it to you. Perceived value. And with that is another lesson in sales psychology. Because in many cases, expensive equals good is a common assumption that we make as buyers. When you pay more for something, you will justify it by increasing the value in your mind afterwards, or you will buy it because you already assumed it was better just because of what it cost. You know what a great example here is? Wine. I have had a $200 bottle of wine that was not nearly as good as a $20 bottle, but I assumed that it was going to be simply because of the price. It's actually ingrained in us to believe that there is something more to it than just a higher level executive deciding to bump up prices just to see how something sells through on a shelf. But often, that is actually what's going on. And of course, there's a law of diminishing returns here too. Like if someone charged $1,000 for that same bottle of wine, the likelihood people would buy, or more importantly, buy a second time, is really slim. So knowing your market and your goals around sales is also a factor. Something particularly fascinating about this one is that people will also tend to pay more for an individual or a smaller item once they've made the higher ticket purchase. So if you sell someone a house, it's very likely they're going to upgrade to a hardwood floor or a granite countertop. If you sell them a car, they will likely add the bells and whistles or the luxury package to that car. Or if you sell private coaching, they're much more likely to buy into your retreat. But if you just walk up to someone and say, hey, it looks like you have carpet. Do you want to pay tens of thousands of dollars for hardwood floors? The answer is probably going to be no. Think about it. Spending $500 for a family photography session around the holidays makes spending $150 for the digital copies of all of your favorites a no-brainer. But if you sat for those photos for free and then that photographer tried upselling you on a digital album, even if it was just $99, you would want to think about it. You would probably be more likely to purchase a single image just for your holiday card for $50 and move on. A slightly different example of this is in the fashion industry, specifically the luxury fashion industry. So a Chanel bag will cost you $2,500. Guess how much it costs them to make that bag? Probably $20. The same that it costs for a coach bag that sells for $100. So what's the difference? Well, what you're buying is not a bag. What you're buying is status. It's a brand culture. It's a lifestyle. And if you want to be even more fascinated 
there is equally as much influence in a failed sale with an upsell after. So let's say that you're a sales associate at Michael Kors and you go up to someone and you pitch them on this brand new gorgeous $400 bag and they say, no, I can't afford it. You will much more likely be able to sell them a $90 wallet because there's still an attachment to the status and the brand and the lifestyle, but with the range of affordability. Why do you think Tiffany got into the keychain market and the low cost necklace market? To say you have a necklace from Tiffany, even though it only costs $200, is a status thing. Something else I find really interesting is how sometimes sales psychology can work against us as consumers in actually getting access to better, easier to use products. So in 2022, on the Diary of a CEO podcast, Stephen Bartlett was talking about this protein company, and they were testing out a new product formulation. And when the team came in to present the product, they said that they were able to make it nutritionally complete and taste good. And the executives decided when it didn't taste as good, it was more believable as a health product. And so they decided to create something that tasted a little more chalky. And this isn't just the only example. A lot of products are intentionally made more complex or slightly worse tasting to reinforce the core values of their marketing. Like the fact that you have to put together Ikea's furniture or that Diet Coke has a slightly more bitter flavor profile. The same was actually true. One of my favorite stories is from the 1940s when Betty Crocker came out with her instant cake mix. All you needed to do was add water. And at first, the sales spiked, but then they dropped. They actually plummeted. And it wasn't until they changed the formulation to make it more complex by telling people they had to add a fresh egg to every single mix that those mixes consistently sold through. And the reason was that people felt too self-indulgent, that they wanted to feel like they were part of the process and had more of a role in making the cake so they could still say it was homemade. When I first heard this, I was really annoyed because every time I bake a cake with one of these mixes, I'm always like, man, I wish I could just add water. (laughs) That was actually a thing. We ruined it for ourselves. But It totally makes sense, right? I do feel a little more sense of pride and a little less desire to go and buy raw flour and all the things that I would need to make a cake myself when I can add some oil and some eggs and some water to a cake mix and feel like it is still homemade. Psychologically, it works. So the last thing that I want to talk about on this topic is scarcity. In the book, The Psychology Influence of Persuasion, a toy store executive was asked how they continued to generate a profit directly following the holiday season. Because the assumption is everybody is burnt out from buying all the toys and there's such little funds left for buying more things. And it's sort of the time of year to take a step back and to not shop as much and you're kind of over it, right? Well, one of the ways that they keep profits high is by using sales psychology. This executive in particular said that by placing an abundance of ads leading up to the holiday season and then undersupplying the stores on those highly desirable items, they created a higher level of scarcity and therefore demand. So they could charge more during the holidays 
and they could keep their profits high and then they could discount the same inventory of toys at those slightly higher price points right after the holiday with even more availability to make even more of a profit. In many ways, this is a brilliant marketing strategy. Where I struggle with it is the compromises that a lot of brands are making in integrity simply to create this urgency, demand, and scarcity in their marketing. My take is that there are plenty of ethical ways to create urgency when selling, like tapping into what your buyers need most right now, which is all about their urgency. So in the case of the same toy company, you would market to finding the perfect toy for an eight-year-old this holiday season and then offer one-day shipping to make it easier for people to get the item that they need fast. Sometimes... There is no natural urgency. And in those times, I think your ability to keep a funnel full of well-nurtured people who adore your brand is critical to your success. And you can leverage a whole bunch of sales psychology in those funnels to convert better, faster, and easier too. It's actually a great practice that can help you tap into your best messaging faster. So whatever you heard, in today's episode that stood out to you the most, I want you to find a way to apply that to your business. Do you want to work on creating some ethical urgency? Do you want to add a little more complexity to your offer? Do you want to change up your pricing? Do you want to maybe upsell or downsell an offer a little bit differently than you have been? Or do you want to try something else? Maybe you want to go grab a copy of The Psychology Influence of Persuasion, or maybe you want to go back in the archives of Diary of a CEO and listen to that episode about marketing psychology. Whatever it is, choose that thing and get to it. If you found this episode helpful, hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't yet, please rate and review the show. I appreciate your honest feedback. Plus, it helps more people find this content so they can grow their businesses by putting people first too. And if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, send them to justine at justinebeauregard.com. I can't wait to hear from you and I'll see you next week.